Hello and welcome to Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI. We are Northern Ireland's leading technology and business media company, and this podcast series will see us interview some of the best, brightest, and most influential thought leaders from across NI's business and tech sectors. Find out more on SyncNI.com or follow us across our social media channels. And enjoy. This week I spoke to Sarah McCracken, the CEO and founder of Belfast-based charity Angel Eyes NI. It has recently been awarded a grant from the National Lottery Community Fund for its new digital Visualize project. Visualize incorporates the use of a virtual reality or VR headset to simulate eye conditions to families so the impact of sight loss in children is better understood. Sarah explains to me the thinking behind the headset and also tells me a little bit more about what Angel Eyes NI is all about. First of all, uh, I just wanted to ask, because obviously you're the the founder and CEO of Angel Eyes, how did the the thought for Angel Eyes come about in the first place? Um, Well, we started in April 2007. Really what happened was I had twins that were registered severely sight impaired at six months. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was reeling from that and, and you do everything you possibly can. Uh, to make sure that everything medically and clinically is right for them. And then I really started to worry about milestones, developmental milestones. I have an older daughter um, and I knew that bringing up the twins was a very, very different experience um, because of their sight loss than it had been with my daughter. So all the incidental, incidental learning that you take for granted when you've a sighted child was now not part of the picture. Um, and I needed I needed to kind of throw out the whole parenting book and get a new one uh, to meet the needs of my children. Uh, while I got lots of um, great advice in clinics, the difference was these people weren't bringing up children with sight loss. And I really, really wanted to connect uh, to people that were and, um, you know, were walking that journey. And also I was doing loads of research and it wasn't readily available. Mm-hmm. So I wanted Angel Eyes really to be about not just parents getting together and sharing experiences, tips and advice, but also um, a hub for signposting parents to different services, different information. Um, so at that time, there was very, very limited support uh, for uh, parents with, sight loss, with children with sight loss. So that's really how it came about. I gave my number out to everybody um, through my social worker and the teacher for the visually impaired and just said, just give it to everybody you see. And um, I think within a couple of weeks, I'd spoken to about 70 parents um, who were, had contacted me through through these different channels. And then we decided to have our first meeting in April 2007. It became really clear that there was a real gap and that parents were just needing that um, practical but also emotional support. And also just because sight loss is such a, a low incidence disability, it's a high need disability, but it's a low incident. So most people that have sight loss have lost it later on in life. Um, very, it's very rare to be born um, or lose your sight as a child. So um, just the relief of speaking to parents, other parents that were going through the same um, challenges um, was, was just really, really good. So 
we started in April 2007. We ran for a year or two as a just a group um, where we, you know, um, were on Facebook and email and uh, phone calls and doing odd, odd events. I would gather up some funding and we'd go off and have parties or farm days or whatever. And then in, in March 2009, we um, became a charity. And uh, so the first seven years we ran in a completely voluntary capacity. And then we just were so big at that stage, there was just no way that myself and other volunteer parents could keep it going. So um, then we had our first, then we started to think about employing staff. So I suppose we've, we've evolved and we've go, gone on from strength to strength. You know, really our, our you know, major aim is to change the world for visually impaired children and make it more accessible. Um, and we work towards that aim all the time, but we do it um, through lots of different mechanisms. Um, we're, we're solution focused and I suppose the VR really demonstrates that. We're not interested in doing more of the same. Uh, we really just want to find the solutions that work for our families and that will make the biggest impact to our children. Um, for instance, we've developed um, you know, an Ulster University um, level four qualification for supporting visually impaired learners. This is contextualized to learn. It's the first time that classroom assistants have had an opportunity to get a qualification to be able to support blind and partially sighted children. Um, and it has the, the accreditation from the Ulster University um, which we're very proud of and uh, obviously with the virtual reality that came around as parents really wanting to understand how their child could see and um, you know if you don't understand it's very hard to advocate and parents are their you know their child's best advocate so um, sight loss is very misunderstood and one size does not fit all and really that's what this uh, virtual reality software is all about. Sorry, Neve, I may have rambled there. No, that is perfect. That, well, that's what I was going to get on to next. So the virtual reality, the VR sort of headset that you guys have developed, um, the Visual Aids Project, and you've been awarded a grant from the National Lottery Community Fund in Northern Ireland. So, like, first of all, congratulations on that, because that, that's amazing news. Um, can you just explain then, you know, when did you decide to start working more deeply with that sort of VR technology? Um, you know, how long has it taken to get from like innovation to actually creating it now and now getting the funding and things? Um, yes, thanks. We are so delighted uh, to have received this. This is our biggest standalone grant that we've ever received. So we're, we're really excited. Um, I suppose this um, came about as um, I have Jonathan Jackson, who is our clinical lead on the project, um, and he and I have worked together for years um, doing different events for parents. So Jonathan's the um, the the clinical um, lead for the Belfast Health Trust um, for um, optometry. So uh, he is the the man that would see most of our children um, within the low vision clinic in Belfast. Um, so. Uh, we knew there was nothing out there that could really replicate uh, sight loss accurately. Um, so while you have SIM specs, which are manipulated spectacles that you can that you can put on your face, um, these do not. They're they're based on adult eye conditions, which can be very different from childhood conditions. 
and also um, they can't demonstrate every aspect of sight loss. So sight loss is comprised of many different functions. Um, for instance, you can have children that can read text but can't negotiate the world um, around them because they have lower field of vision loss, uh, they may be very photosensitive, and um, you may have children that really struggle to read text but actually can negotiate the world quite well. Um, a lot of our children don't have 3D perception. Um, so, so when we used sim specs to show parents we could never say this is what your child can see. We could say, well, it's kind of a wee bit, but you know, your child would maybe be worse and this doesn't include the photosensitive. And actually this doesn't show you this field loss or this stuff. So years ago, I stopped using them to demonstrate to parents because it, it, it was more confusing than helpful um, trying to do this. And, and um, so I had been looking along with um, a member of my team for something within technology um, for a year or two um, before we came up with this plan. And that really what we could find were um, websites that could show you, again, conditions as a whole generically, um, but not specifically. So um, again, like any condition, as I'm sure you can imagine, there's a big spectrum. Um, and while these could show you kind of that generic, this is kind of what it looks like, it just wasn't um, specific enough, especially for our families that have more than one child with the same condition, but they maybe see very differently. And that's all to do with their functional vision and how that eye condition has affected them. So when I realized that there was no software that could do the layering effect of the different functions, um, I approached Jonathan and said, look, I have this idea. Um, I don't know if it's possible, but would you be willing to work on it with me? So he was very keen to get involved. We, um, through our board, um, I was put in touch with a, with a local software developer and I went, Jonathan and I went to him with our project plan and said, look, is this something that you could develop for us, um, some kind of digital solution? And between all of us, we came up with a virtual reality solution. Um, and uh, so then I was in the predicament where I had no money and, and just an idea. And uh, so um, I approached just so that, you know, things are written in the stars sometimes. And Halifax Foundation, who I've always found to be a very... Um, funder that's very easy very approachable um were um they had just launched their pitching for pounds um fund and this was specifically for those off the wall ideas uh things that hadn't been tried before uh, a, a bit you know something where uh it, it was they were almost taking a punt on it um being successful um and uh we applied for that that was fifteen thousand pounds we applied for that and i think there was about 132 charities and we were one of the two that were selected to get the fifteen thousand. and that was really um enough to get the ball rolling so we were able to develop a prototype and from that prototype, we were then able to demonstrate to 
our families, our prototype, with the caveat that there would be more to come, that this was just, um, this was really proving our hypothesis really of, of could this be done? Could these functions be layered? Could they be clinically calibrated? Could you put in measurements and manipulate it for each individual child? And, you know, the demonstrations and um, all came together to say, yes, absolutely. This was something that really helped parents understand. Uh, you know, we had some amazing feedback from our parents where they really, um, was the first time they really, really understood how their child was impacted um, from the sight loss. So with all the evidence we had then gathered and all the research that we'd done up to that point, then we um, went through the Big Lottery's Great Ideas Fund, which again really puts um, our beneficiaries at the heart of it. Um, and that was really what was so important about this project, the, the, the feedback from um, our parents that we were getting. I suppose the, the, what we want to achieve with this leave is really to keep changing uh, culture and society to meet the needs of our children. And if they're better understood, they'll be better supported. And if they're better supported, they'll be more confident and better advocates for themselves. Um, and if parents can start that advocating very early in the journey um, to all the people that come in, 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 into contact with your child, whether that be you know, going to the boys' brigade or um, attending a youth club or and, and our children becoming more involved in mainstream activities because they're better understood. I suppose I should say there's a real fear around sight loss. So um, when UK were surveyed about what, UK adults were surveyed about what um, sense do they fear losing the most? Over 70% 70, 70 of adults will say sight loss. So that's your unconscious bias. Uh, coming in. So you can imagine if you have a child with sight loss or you are running a club where a child with sight loss wants to join, you can imagine how that must impact um, on how you support that child. So really this VR is about empowering our young people and helping people understand uh, that these children can be included and it's it's easy to understand it's you know it's a short time investment of putting uh, the headset on people so that they can really get a good understanding and um, we also work with professionals and outside agencies about how to support our children um, and we've lots of strategies and lots of um, experience and knowledge within our team if people can experience the sight loss it just brings all of those strategies to life for them, you really understand why um, you need to do it. But also, um, you know, another big thing for us is promoting independence in our children. And if you can understand where things are not a risk or the measures you need to put in place to help your child overcome um, those challenges, then it just, it, it, it is going to build confidence in our children. Yeah, 100%. It must be very emotional, I imagine as well, whenever parents do actually Put, put the VR headset on for the first time and they're like oh like I am literally feel like I'm seeing through the eyes of my child and I'm experiencing what they're experiencing because like you said like 70% of adults that they're that's their fear absolutely and we have um you know I've done many parents groups and as I say it can be individually manipulated to clearly demonstrate your own child's um, sight loss so that can be from their visual acuity measurement through to contrast or um, field loss, whatever um, is, is your child condition um, affects the functions. Um, so yes, we have had, we've had lots, 
We have had tears, but it's been happy tears. Um, so I've, I have had parents get upset and obviously, you know, you know, we've been very mindful of that and, and, and really taken parents through that ethical kind of conversation too, um, to make sure that they understand. Um, but the tears have been that at last, you know, they can understand yeah. uh, what it is. And a lot of it is just how proud they are of the children once they can experience it and how their children just constantly are overcoming the challenges and putting their own strategies in place. Um, but for, for our parents, you know, things like understanding um, how difficult some things are, like silly things like, you know, uh, cleaning up Lego after a day's playing. So that's, you know, the fatigue sets in. It's very hard for children uh, to keep going um, whenever, um, you know, whenever they're tired. So a lot of our parents actually um, came back with one of the things that they would be more, they'd be more patient with their children, um, understanding um, how they were impacted. But, um, really on the whole it has been a really really positive experience um for um the parents that have that have um been able to see the software so far but through this project we'll be able to get it out to a lot more um parents a lot more professionals and really be able to demonstrate the impact of being able to have software like this that was going to be my next sort of question you know what what is the the future plan like would you like to sort of implement this the visual eyes project that they are in the, in the schools and organizations and things like that or what's the sort of long-term goal um i think this would be a really useful uh, tool for um professionals to have um we did demonstrate um the prototype to lots of different stakeholders that would be involved in a in a child with sight losses journey um and we really received um very positive feedback i mean you can imagine for professionals that are um, providing support for more than one disability. So apart from our eye clinicians, you know, our other allied health professionals, our other clinicians, our other educationalists, they're, they're in the main supporting a lot more disability than sight loss. So anything that can help you understand that in a, in a way that that um, is meaningful to you and virtual reality training already, you know, the, the the studies that they're doing on this would say that you have a 75% better memory retention once you've experienced it as opposed to being told about it. Um, so if you can imagine for a teacher or a classroom assistant or a social worker or a physio, this, this would be a useful training tool um, for them to have access to, to be able to ensure that the, the thing that they're expert in they can adapt to meet the needs of um, a visually impaired child. So I, I would say it being a very useful tool. The lovely thing about getting um, lottery funding like this is it gives us an opportunity to take it out as a free of charge surface um, to education and health and um, to, to test it and see and see what happens and if, if this is something uh, that would be useful in the future. Yeah, and as well, Sarah, what you were saying to start, you know, partial sight loss especially in children is quite low in that it's it's low incidence it's not very common but obviously whenever it does happen th those kids need so much help and um, were you surprised whenever you set up angel eyes at the at the level and the amount of response um that you got from parents around northern ireland because northern ireland is such a small country as well like 
um, were you surprised at the amount of people that actually did respond and, and needed your help and, and your support? Um, I suppose I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was in that same position. So I had two children who I was desperate to meet other parents in the same boat. So I could understand. Um, and I have to say throughout this whole 13 years, the best advice I've ever got really has always been from other parents who have, uh, you know, who have gone through that journey themselves, have walked the walk, you know, um, so yes, I, I did. Um, I didn't know how great the need was. And um, I suppose uh, as, we, as we've evolved and, and moved forward and offered different services, um, I think our children who have sight loss and additional needs, um, that, that's an emerging, growing number of families where historically sight loss maybe wouldn't have been considered in the same way that it is now. Um, sight loss can really impact every uh you know every experience that a child have uh, you know cognitive learning difficulty you know w whatever whatever the additional need is so if site is supported well it can have an impact um on all outcomes if, if that makes sense so um yeah yes and no i'm glad to say that now you know 13 years on we have a very different landscape for our parents and that is in no small part to the work that angel eyes parents did all those years ago um, and we have you know uh, um, we have uh, our nib who offer a full um children and young people service throughout northern ireland which wasn't available um in 20 uh 20 or 2007 uh, we have guide dogs uh, for the blind that have come in the last few years and are offering um, habilitation service for mobility for children so these are exciting developments that are really improving the outcome um, and I'm very proud to say that we work collaboratively with RNIB and guide dogs on different projects to ensure um, you know we're, we're improving the outcomes for uh, visually impaired children. That's it for this week's episode of TechRec. For all things tech and business in Northern Ireland, visit syncni.com. Have a good week.